When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley Jim Dwight Creed Call Andy and Kelly For your business paper needs Or Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Dundermiff Then the people versus paper people Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host, DJ Big Bones, the Portlander, a.k.a. Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, Beat Bandit. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Yes. Oh, yes, that's perfect. OK, so every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, This week, after our main topic, we'll do a conference room, as we normally do. We'll discuss uh, the new streaming service, Peacock, as it is now the the home of The Office, Netflix no longer. Um, And we'll talk about some new content that's come out on that for The Office as well. Um, And then after that, we'll do some listener-provided trivia. Um, But today's topic for this week, we're discussing Charles Minor. Uh, Great idea, Dwight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine, I, I hardly know her. <laughs> um, uh, Charles Minor, played by Idris Elba. Id- Idris Elba is an, Amer- an English actor, writer, producer, rapper, singer, songwriter, and DJ. Uh, he is another HBO The Wire crossover, which we've brought up several times on this show. Uh, he played the character Stringer Bell on that show. And if you haven't seen... It, it's his character, I think, is like one of the most fascinating on the whole show. He's like a crack kingpin who goes to business night school <laughs> to, to better Much his... Much like uh, Ryan went to yeah. night school. Yeah, exactly. School <laughs> um, He's the Ryan Howard of inner city Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, Idris is in the Marvel movies as Heimdall from Thor and Avengers. He's in Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, Finding Nemo, Prometheus, The Jungle Book. He's famous for his roles in Luther on BBC One and as Nelson Mandela in the Mandela biopic from 2013. (laughs) He's won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Miniseries or TV Film. And he's in the top 20 highest grossing actors in North America where his projects have grossed 3.6 billion dollars but best of all he is a dj <laughs> and uh, and a great I was one say sean i still can't quite picture him what else has he done so, <laughs> uh so he's a dj who goes by the name of dj big driss aka big driss big driss the londoner seven dub and my personal favorite me in it <laughs> as a dj name yes That's he's recorded awesome. something under that 
under that uh, name. Sean, but his you, music's actually really good. Sean, you, yeah, I was going to say, well, you used to be a DJ. Uh, what, what do you think of his music? <laughs> I was a DJ on a college radio. <laughs> That's right. DJ hour Bonehead. a week from like 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. So <laughs> tell us about uh, your show. Yeah, what he's pretty good. <laughs> what was the name of your show? Calcium uh, and Music? Uh, yeah, I was D- DJ Bonehead and it was Calcium and Music Builds Strong Bones. Do you have any of those recordings? I don't. I need it. I need that footage. Did you ever do a guest spot on the show? No. I did. That was fun. I'm trying to have me on one time. Oh, oh that's yeah, great. for sure. It was a it lot was of like, fun. Pick three songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's 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 move on. Let's no. move on. All right. Idris All right. Elba uh, is uh, the the great actor behind Charles Minor, who is the VP of Northeastern Sales at Dunder Mifflin. Before arriving at Dunder Mifflin, he was at Satakoy Steel. Uh, his first episode in the office was New Boss in season five, and last Company Picnic in season five. But he technically is still working for Dunder Mifflin up through Secret Santa. That's is he not? Because good... he gets fired along with everyone at corporate. Interesting. They don't allude to him ever again. I don't. I don't believe that David Wallace includes him in the list of people that is going to be fired. Although it is implied yeah. that he is included in that group. It is strange. I was thinking about this too. That. He doesn't have any sort of uh, he doesn't try to block Jim being co-manager or anything like that. We just never hear from him again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's just he's very absent after after Michael tells him basically to leave him alone and like you're done. But he's not mm-hmm. done. Like he's still at the company. Uh, yep. And I've, I always thought they, I feel like they could have had a few more phone conversations in the first half of season six before corporate's fired. Just mm-hmm. it could have him check in. Yeah, Charles. Charles's arc is small, but, but very, very uh, memorable and impactful. Obviously, mm-hmm. in tandem with the Michael Scott Paper Company, um, and it, him, him coming in, I think, uh, represents a real shift in tone. Uh, only in that, in New Boss, it, we begin with this cold open where they're talking about Jim is wearing a tuxedo, and mm-hmm. they're talking about ice sculptures and 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 using the word classy all the time. And it feels very silly, but it's also not something that we wouldn't expect as office viewers. And then when the new boss comes in, all of a sudden, it's completely ridiculous that Jim is wearing a tuxedo and there's a, there's a new sheriff in town and yeah. he's here to like kind of lay down the law. And then at the end of season five, what we see from Michael is, is him being um, asked to do so much. They, they move Holly away. They send him to Winnipeg. They, they don't treat him very well through the course yeah. of that season. And this is the last straw. Right. Yeah. It's not not supporting his uh his party right yeah which is a big mm-hmm. deal to michael mm-hmm. and it's, it is it is true when charles comes in it's like uh he brings a lot of season one energy like he kind of he brings that sort of reset of what real office life is like in a way where he's just the stakes it's, are it's very are humorless yeah exactly yes the stakes are high there's there's someone to impress who's not an idiot or not sleeping with michael or not ryan um, right. and it's like not David Wallace. Uh, not David Wallace, who lets Michael get away with stuff. Um, it's it's a sobering, uh, it's a sobering mm. experience for everyone. Most of all, Jim and Michael, um, which is funny because you wouldn't normally include Jim uh, with with Michael as far as someone who's just absolutely crumbling their reputation. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Charles, at no point, uh, is impressed or really likes Jim at all, and that's no. another hallmark of his character, along with believing Michael's an idiot, which he's right about. Uh, that's that's what he does is sort of challenge those two characters specifically 
mm -hmm. uh, to step up. Well, you mentioned his party, but the bigger thing that causes Michael to quit is not being able to, is not being able to contact David Wallace, not listening to him, not paying attention mm -hmm. to Michael. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that is kind of the last thing. I think it's funny too, to compare that with Jim where Charles is kind of looking over his shoulder and Jim does not do very well at all. Jim has been not trying for so long and uh, he seems to be, I mean, I think he's identified as this character as this promising candidate for growth in the company. Mm -hmm. Um, by going to Stanford and then coming back and being made number two. David Wallace really likes him. Um, David Wallace really likes him. Jan liked him. Josh liked him. But uh, Charles is just, he gets the worst possible first impressions from Jim. Mm -hmm. uh, the tuxedo, the introductions, Jim. And, and Jim sort of uh, sticks his own foot in his mouth because he doesn't explain well at all what his number two duties entail. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny to see and pretty uh, awkward to see Jim uh, flounder so much. I have a comparison here. Now, stick with me on it. But right now, as we know, uh, the office is not on Netflix anymore. And I, mm -hmm. prepping for the show to get audio, I opened Netflix out of habit and was like, oh, right. I need yeah. to go get Peacock, which I did. Uh, laborious process of entering my payment <laughs> info, <laughs> setting up a whole new thing. And it felt like, oh, Charles is here. It was like, oh, man, yeah. there's no more skip intro button. I have to go through this different interface. There's new rules. What's the point? I'm just trying to hang out with my friends. <laughs> and instead, there's this new service that I have to appease. And that is mm -hmm. exactly what Charles Minor is. I can see the meme of him walking in and he's labeled like Peacock and Michael is Netflix. And, uh, yep. and, and then he's like, you're done. You're gone. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I miss you. <laughs> and then uh, Hank is Hank is 2021 escorting Michael out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then what's what are the papers Michael's holding as he as he commando uh, crawls yeah. over yeah. the floor? Yeah. What is that? What is that? Skip that's intro the though. show. That's intro. the office. Yeah. <laughs> that's the skip intro. Yeah. He is yeah. Netflix. <laughs> yeah. This oh, falls God. apart if we okay. realize that Michael is Beyonce always. Yes, <laughs> that's true. My apologies. Anyway, but there's I, my, uh, I, I like that comparison. It's very, it's going to be, I mean, I think Peacock will be a central theme of this episode only yeah. because it's something very new that I think we're all grappling with as Office right. fans. Assuming you did it, and this is more of, uh, we'll save this a little bit for conference room, but how people are deciding to watch The Office now is is, uh, is a different conversation. But yep. but let's, uh, let's bring it back to Charles. Yeah. Bringing it back to Charles Minor. So, Charles uh, comes from Satakoy Seal. And like you guys were saying too, he becomes this wedge that David puts between David himself and Michael. Um, because, and probably for a good reason, mm. David cannot say no to Michael or cannot uh, reprimand him or um, <laughs> he just lets Michael get away with things. There's something about it. And Perhaps I still don't for this... think he personally enjoys interacting with Michael that much. And so no. he's figured out how to insulate himself from Michael over the years. And I think he thinks it's bad for business <laughs> that he's like, you know, letting this happen. So I think he is, um, you know, probably uh, making a good business decision by just, you know, OK, I don't have to. I'm the CFO of this company. I don't have to talk to this one branch manager all the time. Uh, and uh, man, Michael just uh, um, defeats David, defeats the wedge. Um, well, if, 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 uh, if we think back to the duel, which was the topic of last week's episode, 
we we see David invite Michael to corporate to pick his brand about what he's doing right. And Michael gives him basically nothing. Right. So David has this sort I imagine David is dealing with uh, he's got this branch that does really well. As Michael points out when they buy back the company, mm-hmm. their most profitable branch. Uh, but there's he seems to be getting no insight from Michael as to how to actually move that to the other branches. So maybe his best his best move is out of sight, out of mind. Right. And uh, allow him to focus on the other branches. Maybe that's there you go. Maybe that's what his strategy was. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm thinking of in uh, 30 Rock, that line that that Jack has about like lemon, your show comprises 2% of my budget and takes up 90% of my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's yeah. what David Wallace feels like with Michael. Yeah. Well, and in the new boss episode, we get that where Charles comes in and, and Michael and Dwight are on the phone with David talking about what this new dynamic will be like. And then he says, David, one last thing. Uh, if we hire the Cirque du Soleil guys as salaried employees, will that help with the year end tax stuff? <laughs> Long pause. Yeah. David, I think no, no, no. <laughs> so that that's what David is dealing with, right? In, yeah. <laughs> if we hire Cirque du Soleil as salaried employees, yes, yes. <laughs> help us with our year-end tax stuff. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god! Um, but then uh, you know, as you guys were saying before, um, uh, uh, Charles shows up. Um, people are excited actually to see him. Michael's kind of excited to see him. He said he mentions in the in the episode that every every other boss has really liked him, Jan and Ryan. Um, and so he thinks this is going to go really well. Do 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 you think that David is, or sorry, that Charles is coming in with the pretense that you're going to have to wrangle this manager? Yeah, I'm sure. I think I imagine that was part of his job description. And yeah, it sounds like the way that Charles comes in where he says, uh, no, I'm going to stay for the day. And then he brings lunch and he says, I do this for every branch I visit. So right. I imagine he's kind of making his rounds. Um, we don't yes. know whether or not Michael is at the beginning or end of that, but it seems that Charles has a process for getting to know hmm. the other branches. Uh, I, yeah, I, I would imagine when David, in the process of interviewing and hiring Charles, Charles probably had a lot of these ideas that he brought to David, which is why David hired him. Of like, mm-hmm. here's what I could do. Here's what how I like to operate. I like to make sure that you don't have to deal with all of this menial stuff that you don't want to, and you can focus on the high. And and David's like, yeah. oh, thank God, that's great. I I'm would, so tired of this. He, would you I, say that? Would you say that Charles is focusing on the day to day so David can focus on big picture? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, co manager, ah, co manager. And yeah. let's not forget that that Charles Minor is filling a seat that was first uh, filled by Jan and then by Ryan. Yes. Uh, I mean that's the job that he has. And when you contrast it to the first four seasons, uh, there's a lot of interaction between Michael and whoever's in that job. And obviously right. that's wrapped up in romance uh, and friendship with, with Jan and Ryan, respectively. <laughs> um, he's everything I'm not, as he says uh, when he's trying to re-recruit Ryan. But that's what uh, that's the job he has. And it's, it is kind of a – it's a totally different take on it. And when especially when Charles Minor is holed up in the conference room working – there's this, it's like a Dementor from Harry Potter is like in the office and everyone's a little bit cool. The Dementors. And they're, they're just a little bit more on edge. And uh, it's totally different energy than, than Ryan or Jan ever had. I think too, Charles is a, is an early version of the same energy that Robert California brought in in season mm-hmm. eight. Mm-hmm. I remember reading in an interview that like from, uh, from it might've been Paul Lieberstein, but it was one of the writers about how when you have, when your boss walks around, you 
sit up a little bit straighter. You try to focus on your work and they, they kind of capture it with um, Jim's line where you hope that they talk to you, but you also really hope they don't talk to you. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Obviously Robert is a very, very exaggerated and very bizarre version of that energy based on what we learned about Robert California. But Charles is a little bit of that. The, the not just the new manager, but one who seems to be very strict uh, and has a lot of uh, ideas on how he wants the branch to run. I think too, uh, there's this trend over the course of the office from where it begins is um, the branches, the, the company is struggling. They might have to downsize and Michael's a bad boss on top of that. As the show progresses, Dunder Mifflin Scranton is uh, establishes a very profitable branch for whatever mm -hmm. reason. And, and this is part of that as the, the corporate oversight kind of goes away and then eventually is replaced by Sabre. This is kind of the last piece that old Dunder Mifflin. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, and Idris comes in too with, or sorry, <laughs> uh, Charles comes in too with like such My a boy Idris comes in iron iron fist, and and just mixes everything up too. I think is sort of maybe part of his plan to take to take a little control away from Michael. I know that he really does it when Michael leaves to do Michael Scott Paper Company. We see Charles like assigning people, like like Stanley is the. Uh, productivities are productivities are and maybe this is deliberate I can't tell if the joke uh, I think there's a little bit of a joke that Charles actually can't read people yes yes agreed I yeah yeah I think uh, there's a line for Michael where he's trying to get to know Charles better and <laughs> first what tell me is you never told anyone else uh, no <laughs> and, uh, um, but he asks uh charles mentioned that he comes from satakoi steel and as a fun fact satakoi street i believe is where the yes the building is located oh, um, right. and, and michael realizes oh you didn't come from paper and later uh eventually sean, michael you told us that because you've been there i've been no, there edwin's been there oh edwin's been there oh i yeah. thought sean okay my yeah bad. yeah <laughs> you were like oh no. sean <laughs> uh but michael says to charles at some point you know what happens when you put paper in a furnace you burn it and mm -hmm. I think that's a good metaphor for Does Michael. Say you kind ruin of, it. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, you ruin it. I always it. like it's you such ruin a it. weird yeah. thing. You ruin it. But that that it, it works for Michael kind of writhing under this sort of corporate structure and attention, the, the sort of fiscal discipline that Charles is trying to impose, which makes a lot of business sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, too, I think that extends to Stanley and the rest of the staff that he doesn't really read any of them very well. And his management style doesn't seem to work for many of them. They they besides Angela and Kelly being very attracted to him, no one seems and Dwight responding to the the praise that Charles gives him. Nobody else seems to really do that well. And I think mm -hmm. when he assigns Stanley to the productivity czar and Kevin to phones, everyone in the room, you can see Angela's response to Kevin being appointed to phones. She, mm -hmm. she kind of has this expression like, really? That's who you want on the phones? And so he's, he's misreading the entire staff. I am aware of the effect I have on women. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that line made me think too, like, because I started to think about who is Charles Minor. We don't learn anything about him, really, besides the fact that he came from Satakoy Steel and he loves soccer. Um, do you think he's married? I didn't go back. I didn't, like I said, uh, I, I didn't sign up for Peacock today. So I haven't, <laughs> I actually didn't get a chance to go back and rewatch. I don't know if he has a ring on. I feel like he could have a whole family and we don't even know about it. He, uh, he never yeah. mentions it. I mean, the, the scene you mentioned, Edwin, when, when Michael and, and uh, 
Charles meet in the conference room to kind of smooth it over and let's like we we got off on the wrong foot. Let's try this again. Really, really important scene in the course of the show because it ultimately it leads to like what Michael breaking off from the company and and doing his own thing, which informs the rest of the show. And it's he, Michael is legitimately just trying to learn anything about him. You know, what's your mm-hmm. wife's name? Where do you work? And the most yeah. Charles is comfortable saying is where he used to work. It's so boring. Like mm-hmm. Charles is an aggressively boring, boring man well, who yeah. is like so no nonsense. It it goes way past being efficient. Like if you're good at what if you're a good manager, which Charles claims to be, <laughs> you should be like you should be able to like read people a little yeah. bit and manage people and you should get the sense from Michael that he's a people person and wants to like know something and mm-hmm. he's just like completely dumb about it he is, he's just like no I'm no you're doing how I want to which is dry no nonsense business and right. it's like well, read the room a little bit I mean this is what gets back to the heart of the show which is that it's about people who don't who are resisting that you know force uh, that we all feel to become just the cog in the machine, right? It's a show about like it's a show that takes place where people don't want to be at work. The whole right. po- like early season one, no one wants to be at work except Michael, which makes yeah. Michael so interesting. He really wants to be at work, and yeah. Charles feels the same way. Where he's like, "Look, no one wants to be here. I'm here to make sure that we're here for his that we do that we do a good job, but we don't have to make it any more than it is." Yeah, and right. Michael's just like, "I'm out of here. Then I'm starting mm-hmm. a new company." If that's the case. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too that when Charles comes in, he's he's relatively likable. I think he seems like the the rest of the staff seems to embrace him as this new guy. Um, but as his uh, time on the show continues, that kind of falls apart. I think part of that is how antagonistic he is of Jim and Pam uh, to a lesser extent, uh, and then the way that he flips on Dwight. I mean, he he picks Dwight as his sort of go to guy, and then that falls apart during the negotiations for the Michael Scott yeah, I like uh, your paper work company. Ethic. Yeah, very and focused. It, it's <laughs> yeah. funny that it yeah. I, uh, it's funny that he he does like David doesn't really find that out till later when David uh, David's like oh you should get Jim and he's like actually Dwight's been my guy and David's like oh really that's interesting like, he says I find that extraordinarily surprising <laughs> 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 but it goes back to what you said Edwin who just like yeah he doesn't he's totally at odds with how everyone else sees each other uh, and it <laughs> ultimately is sort of his his downfall. It's well, great he, to see oh, yeah, Charles sweat in that meeting, too, as he yeah. realizes that Dwight is an idiot. <laughs> he, says, he says, what is wrong with you? Yeah, Dwight, yeah. Directly. Uh, there is something to be said that Dwight responds when when Charles compliments his work ethic and his focus and offers to like go out for a drink with him later in the week. Mm-hmm. Dwight really responds to that. I'm sorry, Michael. I didn't like the shirt sleeves at first, but <laughs> when he eventually very, flips very cool, on Michael. Very Will Smith-esque. Very Will Smith-esque. <laughs> Reading the, uh, like reading through the comments on the Dunderpedia site for Charles Minor on his page, there's a lot of people who leave notes about like I worked for a guy like this or I had a guy whose management style was just like this, and mm. it seems to be a very common thing, is what I'm gathering. Do they this. like it? No, I they almost, hate it. Yeah, <laughs> they hate it. I almost, I mean, I have worked for people like Michael that are like, let's have fun and like, you know, we're a fa- like we're a family and stuff like that, and it's like. Mm. This is actually annoying because I kind of want to come in, know what's expected of me and go home on time. Yes. And um, I have also worked for people who are really straightforward and it can be really intimidating. But you get you. I think you can find, you know, like someone like if Charles Minor had been around longer, Jim would have found his way 
to his heart <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and would probably have been OK. Probably. And then it would. And then the Dunder Mifflin branch would have been a very boring place to work. And eventually he does. He sees Dwight is is like, oh, my God, Dwight's crazy. And he, he mm-hmm. would. You're right. I told I, th- I totally agree. He would have come around. But like yeah, there's just some things he does that just don't really make sense with who he projects to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think early on. Some of the first things that Charles says, I mean, he does make kind of an overture with lunch and, you know, he says to them, uh, I used to, I came from accounting too, to the accountants. Yeah. Um, and there is an element of coming out of that corporate meeting. Charles is talking about these new directives where um, they're talking about making changes, trying to survive in the economy. Stanley asks about layoffs. Michael, well, Michael says, absolutely not. Charles says, well, we'll see what we can. And then he says, Michael should have given you specifics last week. And Michael just <laughs> clearly did not. And then same thing with Kevin, where Kevin wants to do overtime and Charles just kind of steps in and says, no, 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 you got to do that while you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's well, the, Kevin sort is of telling is saying that he made a mistake and yeah. now needs overtime. And Michael's like, oh, little OT. Yeah, sure. Like, and it's like, no, no, you <laughs> you're going to pay him more money because he made a mistake. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, look, Charles, I would say next to Next to Todd Packer, I'd say those are the top two villains mm. on the show. Sure, I don't know. I mean, I think so. yeah. Todd Packer is sort of the uh, the the Ultron. Like he's always there, and the, he's mm. like, you know, or Thanos rather. He's always in the universe. Uh, as that's what Todd Packer says. I am inevitable. <laughs> I'm inevitable. Whereas, like <laughs> inevitable, Jesus. You couldn't live with your failures, and look what it brought you back to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> too strong uh but he can't like as opposed to charles is more like a one movie type villain but like I, honestly i have a lot of respect for charles like he's clearly a hustler like he works hard and he's probably gotten to where he is through just pure like being a really hard worker and we see this like charles has a lot of these attributes that are very attractive in the corporate landscape of like yeah super hard worker he's no nonsense he has he doesn't have any trouble saying how he like what needs to be done? Um, he's he has all these hallmarks that you'd want yeah. in, in a leader like that. Um, yeah. And so I do respect him. Unfortunately, he got thrown into a documentary that was happening <laughs> at this office that he he had to just deal with. Um, yeah. And so he looks like an asshole most of the time. But yeah, I think it's I, it's worth remembering that like he's trying hard to make everything work. He's trying to help a, save the company. Yeah. There's a little bit of you see the uh, like a, just a twinge of fake it till you make it with him. Right. Totally. He's like he's super confident, like yeah. has has Food of the wise uh, man, the liquor of the fool. Yeah. Right. There you go. But like, you know, uh, but then you see I like that you don't see Charles interact with David Wallace until a couple episodes in. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, yeah, it undercuts it a little bit to see yeah. him be such like a sycophant towards uh, mm-hmm. David. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's in, part of the hustle. I feel like too. that's a little part of the hustle, right? Yeah. A little bit of glad handing, a little bit of schmoozing. And, and to know that he doesn't really read people that well, that, you know, maybe he's, you know, he comes in looking like a superstar, but maybe he's not really, maybe he's kind of just hanging on by a thread too. I want to play some soccer. <laughs> I'm so glad if anyone has talked about this the show before yeah, these are my say. favorite these I was are gonna my say it's like the only bites. time we see cracks in the steel furnace that is Charles Minor it's when mm-hmm. he wants to play soccer yeah or I volleyball <laughs> I love that line wait play it one more time I can't wait I didn't so no, I didn't cut the audio off that's just what I, he said I, I can't wait <laughs> 
Great idea, uh, Dwight. I want to play some soccer. <laughs> what do you say, Jim? <laughs> one of the one of the like I feel like one of the original office memes is is why did you duck, Jim? And then the yeah. caption is, I don't know, Charles, why did you kick the ball full speed at gym? <laughs> You're playing a friendly game of soccer in the parking lot. Yeah. Very true. There's no net, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it it is fun. It does lead to another moment where where Phyllis, you know, takes the soccer ball in the face and Jim is blamed. I I I do kind of love watching Jim get bullied and pushed around by Charles a little bit. It's kind of funny. Yeah, he, it you is. know what? It he is. had it coming. This is five five seasons in. Well, there, yeah, and there's a thing where Pam and Jim is wearing the tux and new boss, and Pam says he just had to wear his tuxedo. It took him forty <laughs> minutes to get ready. <laughs> That's so, so funny. It's such a cute. It's such a cute moment. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like Jim has been living in this small pond for so long. Yeah, and this and this new fish comes in, and and then mm-hmm. I think too when um in company picnic when Charles says must be nice to get a rest from all your rest, Jim is just like this guy won't leave me alone. Yeah, like come yeah. on, dude. Like he's just he's here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure it kind of it stings a little bit for Charles still, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he got told by David Wallace, okay, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna deal with Michael directly now. You're not mm-hmm. gonna go to Dunder. You're not gonna go to the Scranton branch anymore. I'm. I'm taking that one off your plate. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that that is something that Charles will never forget. No, no, no. I do want to mention the soccer game once more because we. Yeah. I don't think we ever talked about the soccer game in our parking lot episode. Oh, I don't believe oh. we did really. Damn. Um, but it, well, let's do it now. In, in the in the moments of managers and sports, there's three. I counted three <laughs> different things. If, nice. you, if, if you're throwing out beach games, which is you know obviously basketball in season one, we get Michael basketball inside jim uh very important to the basketball team uh their best player by far mm-hmm, mm-hmm. contrasted with mike uh, with charles wanting to play soccer in the parking lot where jim is absolutely terrible mm-hmm. uh in which case charles is the best player and not uh, <laughs> michael who thought he was the best player in basketball uh and then their third moment is of course uh d'angelo dunking in the warehouse which <laughs> leads to his hospitalization <laughs> and loss of brain function what about uh, pam throwing the football She's not a manager. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just the manager. Oh, yeah, right. I guess there's Michael playing football up in the office. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's that one, too. Uh, in all instances, uh, there's bodies on the floor at the end of it. Uh, lesson <laughs> being the manager should just not bring sports into the where into the <laughs> office. I do. I do feel like Charles Miner's presence does provide kind of a before and after uh within the show because after charles exits at the end of company picnic we don't see him again kind of a bc ac situation (laughs) bc ad i don't know (laughs) before charles oh yeah i get you after charles yeah i get you i get you i meant to uh, god that was terrible sorry guys it's okay it's 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 all right uh yeah i I was looking for an ac dc joke i just did i'm sorry um, but, but after Charles, uh, the 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 corporate structure of Dunder Mifflin changes completely. They do the co-manager thing, which leads to the which which is followed by Dunder Mifflin being bankrupt and being acquired by Saber, which continues until David Wallace buys back the company in mm. season nine. So. Mm-hmm. Charles is kind of the last breath of uh, I mentioned I guess I mentioned this already but he's the he's the last sort of piece of Dunder Mifflin uh, as we knew it. What he does in I think it's a, it's in Michael Scott Paper Company that episode. That's the episode where he has Jim do the rundown, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a good example oh, yeah. of Charles because the whole episode he like he asked Jim for this rundown, 
He's he doesn't give Jim any context. Jim is like, what is he talking about? And by the end of the episode, Jim finally is like, here's the rundown you asked for. Do you want to look at it? And George is like, do I need to? And then <laughs> and then Jim faxes it to his dad because he's like, send it to everyone on your distribution list. Like he's just there's all this corporate jargon just kind of erupting out of Charles that Jim's right. like, I don't know what to do. And there's no right. consequence for any of this. Right. Jim sends it to his dad. We never really hear about it later from Charles. And Charles is clearly just well, like, I'm going to do some tasks. Yeah. Well, I'll give you this. So, well, on, the, on one hand, it's funny that Jim can't admit that he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Yes. That's yes. right. But in, see, in the meeting in season six, Michael sa- Dwight, David says to Michael, can you give me a rundown of those Buffalo clients? And uh, Michael says, uh, oh, oh yeah. it's, it's that exchange where it goes, oh, ho, ho, big guy. I'll put it in the mail Saturday. I'll get a Wednesday or something like that. Yeah, right. So Michael knows what a rundown is. I wonder if yeah. they're related. Those two oh, things. I see. Yeah. Although I guess yeah. that's after they close the Buffalo branch, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just I, funny that Michael knows what a rundown is and Jim does not. That's true. Right. It was more that it more felt like the fake until you make it a little bit of Charles yeah, just right. kind of directing people to do stuff. Without yeah, maybe looking at it, like rundowns you know. was a Sadakoya Steel thing, but he didn't stop to think <laughs> that <laughs> that it's not a Dunder Mifflin thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any any other thoughts on uh, on Charles Minor before we one last one uh, is that uh, there's that you know I am Beyonce always you're Beyonce I'm Ali Larder or vice versa or whatever it is mm-hmm. so that that quote is a reference to the movie Obsessed. Okay. Which stars Idris Elba. He's the man oh. in that movie. And that quote came out like an, a year after Charles's last episode on The Office. So they built it into the next season. That's I was just hysterical. thought that was kind of funny. And like, it's really easy to forget that movie. I've uh, never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Obsessed. 2009 film. But okay. anyway, uh, nice. I guess, yeah. Do you guys have any parting thoughts on Charles? You like Charles? How does that? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, what I wanted to convey with my long intro Uh, on Idris is that this is another example of somebody of such a high caliber um, entertainer, um, you know, coming in contact with the office and just another reason that the show is so great. Like, I I think that this, you know, this is the story arc that we named our podcast after (laughs) and Idris is a part of it. And I think that uh, you got to pay him some respect. I think he did a great, I think he is um, a really fantastic uh, artist and entertainer of our time. And I think it's cool that he was on this little sitcom yeah. for a short stint. Yeah, it is awesome. He, he, oh yeah, go ahead. No, no. He, he adds newness in a way that a lot of other like guest stars and cameo actors don't necessarily like, um, Malora Harden is jam was part of the, the the show already. Tim Meadows is only in one episode. Yeah. A lot of these people are, have very, very brief cameos. Uh, even Holly is only on for a few episodes. But oh my gosh, Ka- Kathy Bates. Like, I but, mean, yeah. You know, yeah. But I think um, I mean, and, and speaking of, like Idris Elba is, is a big star who comes and stays for like five episodes. Yeah. You know, um, and then I think well, it's I a see. really yeah, good yeah. precursor to Kathy Bates in season seven, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only last note on Charles Minor is I appreciate that he comes in and gives Kelly another opportunity to impress <laughs> any man who comes into the <laughs> office. Uh, and to see the way that he changes like Angela and Kelly's character is just really funny. But uh, between Kelly doing the meet cute with D'Angelo with the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a meet cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then the way she is around uh, Charles is just really funny. I think it's a, it's a good I bit. do love the way that Angela is it, like is back in the office 
after having been out in the rain yes. talking about Charles, he doesn't need to go dumpster diving for companionship. <laughs> yeah, and while her face is all like her makeup yeah. is running because she's been out in the rain. Like yeah, it's it's like a, they have this. It's like a mini season of The Bachelor just between Kelly and Angela for like three episodes. And it's, yes, it's a Charles, great little. You run. wanted me. <laughs> Oh yeah, because he hires uh, Kelly, a Aaron, different recep- yeah. another uh, receptionist. But he says Kelly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, and that, mm-hmm. that's where we first hear that, and then uh, mm-hmm. she goes by Aaron, and then never again. Yeah. So another another great contribution from Charles. There you go, Charles yeah. bringing in Aaron. Charles, mother effing minor again. Doesn't seem like he would hire Aaron like after yeah. one interview. Like, how did that interview? He go? doesn't read people well. <laughs> like, that's really Never funny. Never thought about that. Never thought about that. You oh, imagine Michael one. and Aaron having the interview, and Michael saying something. I like your spark, but yeah. Charles, yeah. but Charles and Charles. Aaron having what is the interview like there? When yeah. he interviews Aaron, that's hilarious. Michael would have walked away that. and said, "She's kind of a rube." Yeah. <laughs> so, and then Charles is like, "I, I like her focus." <laughs> like, yeah, you don't know people at all. Uh, I like it worth it. Worth it. Um, all right, there you have it, folks. Charles Minor. Um, time for a little conference room. Five minutes. The conference room is ready if we want to get started. All right. So this week, uh, the office has left Netflix and is now on Peacock. We've been talking about this for about a year. It's finally happened. Uh, we all woke up. <laughs> Alex and I at least woke up this morning. Uh, to prep for the show and realized, oh, it's not on Netflix anymore. This is the um, Y2K for our show. Yeah. It's um, coming. Uh, a quick, quick warning to everyone. We would like to talk about the never before seen cold open that has been released as part of this uh, move to Peacock. Uh, and you can watch it on YouTube. Um, it's uh, the Matrix cold open. Uh, don't want to spoil it for anyone. So go check it out before you listen. One thing we should mention as well is that I think The Office uh, leaving Netflix is uh, it's true in the U.S., but I don't think it's true in Canada and some other countries. Mm, mm. Oh, really? Thank yeah. you. Good for pointing that out. So I could just I could just turn my VPN <laughs> on to Canada instead oh, of yeah. getting Peacock. You get Possibly, uh, yeah. Ola. Isn't that that uh, that's that software that pretends you're in a different country? But but yeah, I mean, I, I can relate to uh, going to, like waking up and checking Netflix and not having The Office be the last thing that I watched or one of the I last things that I watched. Watch, you're in your continue yeah. watching the the first tile in my continue watching always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's easy to forget how long it's been there. I feel like I've been watching the Netflix on The Office on Netflix for years and years. And I think years it's now. been a decade. Yeah, I think it's been like ten years. For I, a I mean, long I, time, the office yeah. was with Beekman Properties, and they were several years into a seven-year lease. Yeah. <laughs> but now Dwight is taken over, and it's back to Peacock. Yeah, there's uh, a big there's a big Roach banner over it. On yeah, Peacock, yeah. I fired it up. You know, it felt very clunky to me, just because I wasn't used to it. Uh, I with with bated breath to see if there was a skip intro button. There was not. Ugh. Uh, so I, figure but that out. I will say that going through that, the way they've organized a lot of episodes, all the extras, the, the extended cut episodes with deleted scenes in them is going to be great. I haven't watched them yet, but I'm excited. Um, but the way they organize the episodes, I was like, as I said, I think a couple weeks ago on this show, I was like, man, Peacock would have made the prepping for this show a lot easier because they was like, <laughs> mm. here's your romance episodes and here's Whoa. your, you know, like, it, it, <laughs> yeah. That's been one of my takeaways, too, is flipping through. So, so I got Peacock as well, but basically going behind the paywall, like in the way they've organized things, it's kind of hilarious how much easier, like it consolidates everything for us to help prep. For, <laughs> yeah. They even have uh, the office alums on the silver screen with them 
in other movies where they've starred like wow. away we go with John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph, for example. Wow. Um, but, but uh, they have, there's, a, I, I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised by the number of bonuses that they have. And I, I imagine that there's a lot more coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, um, yeah. they haven't done this with every single show, right? I mean, I this don't must know. take a lot of work to huge think, you know, I, I mean, you can't, you can't possibly, they know that this is like one of the biggest shows that gets streamed. Yeah, and they're putting all this effort into it. That's I mean, it's like the show that, like the the like the biggest stream show, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and like I think too, uh, they they've they they've been really preparing for this. I imagine, and I don't want to make this sound like an ad for Peacock, but like there is a ton of great stuff like within it, right? So right now they have this thing. There's the Office and there's Superfan episodes, which are uh, right now they only have season three. But they have all of season three is extended cuts, which uh, presumably have the deleted scenes built in. Um, I, I I haven't watched all of those deleted scenes recently enough to, to be able to tell whether or not we've seen them before. Some of them, I'm sure we have. I, the large majority, I'm sure, have been available either on DVD sets or on YouTube. Mm. I did notice that on YouTube, a lot of that stuff has been cleaned up. Like it's a lot harder to find. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but one thing that is really nice is that they're cut into the episode. So like you don't have to... Uh, on the DVDs, they had uh, at least on the ones that I bought, uh, right. they would have the episode, and then you could watch deleted scenes right after. Or every now and then, they would have an extended cut that you could watch. But this has all of them with the scenes built in. I watched a little bit of a Back from Vacation today, and I saw a Michael scene that I don't remember having seen before, which is mm. pretty funny. Um, he says he's talking about wanting to bring everyone to the office to Jamaica. He says, "Is mm. that good management? Yes. Is it the best management?" Well, I can't afford it and corporate won't pay for it. So who's the real criminal? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then in addition to that, there's a, there's um oh what is it? There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I hadn't seen before. There was cool. this thing with them singing different songs on the bus on the way to Beach Game. Oh nice, which is pretty funny. Them it was clearly they had the camera rolling and they were trying to just sing different songs. Like somebody's like a tiny dancer, and they're like Brian, why don't you start it? So Kevin starts the song. Um, but oh, nice. anyway, uh, I'm excited to dig into the rest of that. I think this uh, as as as. Much as it wasn't convenient for it to leave Netflix, I think this does open the door for us to actually get new content. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll talk mm-hmm. about this as time goes on. I know, I know, we're doing another uh, Ryan's cool retreat here soon. We've all, I got tested. Sean, you've been tested. My partner's got the vaccine, so we feel okay <laughs> doing this in person again. But um, so I think we'll actually be together uh, to watch some of this stuff. So I'm excited. I'm we'll probably excited. unpack it in future conference rooms in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll all watch it together and, and give you a report. Um, not that, you know, anyone listening to the show doesn't need incentive to watch office content. I got mm-hmm. several texts on new year's about this and a lot of other things through Twitter and all notifications, <laughs> of, uh, including a lot of people sending me the matrix scene, which I think is next. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's talk about this. So there's, again, this is your spoiler warning, go on YouTube and you can watch this. It's about five minutes long. Um, cause we don't want to spoil it for you because there's a lot of fun surprises. Warning, <laughs> warning, warning. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. So, uh, I love this hog mama. <laughs> so I actually just watched this right before <laughs> I love the hog mama. Uh, uh, I just watched this right before we recorded and I was so delighted. I really enjoyed it. I was also surprised that it's the from the finale it's the 
never before seen cold open to the finale, which I was kind of like, darn, I, that was funny. I, I don't see why, I, I guess it moved. It, it's a little long, a little long, it's five minutes long. for a cold open. Yeah. It's a little long, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I'm kind of surprised I mean, you liked it so much, Sean. I really enjoyed it. I mean, Hank is as Dorpheus. <laughs> yeah. Dorpheus's really, brother. Yeah. Um, I loved the uh, reappearance of the surveillance room from Sting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was, that was good. Glad we, they didn't get rid of that equipment. Yeah, right. All that equipment. Glenn in the warehouse has a twin, apparently. That's pretty funny. Um, ben. Uh, yeah, Glenn, I, I ben. like. Yep. Um, I like that they we reference cats in the ceiling uh, again. It's just a call back <laughs> to stress relief. Um, although I was disappointed Angela is not involved in this part of the prank. I thought uh, I thought for sure she would have something to do with it. As far as like having cats on hand. <laughs> she provided the cats. Yeah. yeah. Like, She's yeah. got one in the file cabinet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've already trained them. They're right here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I just realized is in the season nine bloopers, there is a thing where they're laughing about Glenn having a twin brother, Ben. But I never realized what it was Whoa. from. But clearly it was from this scene. Oh, okay. Uh it did feel like, and I don't think we need to like go through what happens. You you all can watch it, but I it felt like uh, I I when I watched it, I didn't really have context. I didn't know it was supposed to be the finale cold open, but it makes sense because it's like this is the this is the end all of Jim's pranks on Dwight. He hires thirty people. He puts in a bunch of money to make this happen. Right, it's a and, very involved thing. Like you, and then you he can't do the another prank pill. after this one. You know right. what I mean? Like this it's, is the end. It, it makes you realize just how dependent on Dwight's imagination and commitment to his yeah. his, his 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 the fantasies of his life that like he needs that. Like you know, it's not funny if if Dwight doesn't pack a duffel bag and go up on the roof and throw his cell phone off. <laughs> you know, know, it's, you know, he, he's done he a lot more, play he's along. Done a lot more yeah. for a lot less. Yeah. It's yeah. the equivalent <laughs> of him just removing the red wire instead of following it up the telephone pole. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Or just going like, Oh, this isn't even plugged into anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah no. If there's uh, anything dangerous in the blue pill, someone should say something. <laughs> I did like that. <laughs> I liked that It was like the biggest, like chunk of acting we've ever gotten from Hank. From Hank, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they opened the doors, let him let him go. He was yeah. uh he was he was great. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a nice I think when uh they mentioned it, I think when Hank died, they were like, Oh, you know, they I think uh, when, yeah. when they put this out, it was part of it was like, you know, now that Is it- yeah, it's all Hugh back Dane. Peacock, yeah. we're gonna Hugh put Dane. this out as a, in remembrance of Hugh Dane, uh Dane, who who was like, Hey, he did a lot more work on the show than you realized. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't know how much more of this kind of stuff there is, but it was nice to have some new stuff that we've never seen before ha- happen at the same time as the introduction of Peacock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it was it was a little derivative of the uh, sending Dwight faxes from the future from himself and also this the CIA thing they did. Yeah. As far as Dwight getting a message on his computer that's like, hello, Dwight. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. happened to him a few times. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, yeah. But this was so specific to the Matrix and like everything about it. And <laughs> kind of a funny <laughs> callback, too, in that, like, so early on, the show does the weather. And it's like, oh, you guys are still doing that after. <laughs> All these years, and it's funny. Yeah. At the very end of the show, it's like a Matrix joke on yeah. Dwight, which yeah. is so old at this Still point. Still old, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, there you have it. Uh, never before seen cold open. Lots of fun. 
Um, everyone, I guess, is going to have to subscribe to Peacock now. So uh, <laughs> enjoy I guess, that. I guess the other piece of that, too, is that a lot of people have decided to buy the show on iTunes or on DVD or on Voodoo, mm. which I'm not super familiar with. But there I, I am interested to see how people approach this, because a lot of people just don't want to add another streaming service, which I totally understand. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more money. It's one more thing that you've already got. I'm sure a lot of us have, you know handful of these things that you use now so yeah. not wanting to add one more i totally get but i'm interested to see how people's watch experiences change uh if they're using peacock or not depending on what they do more uh so let us know let us know if you guys are signing up for peacock or finding other ways to get your office content all right mm-hmm. um let's move on to some trivia let's just do our thing collect our hardware and get the hell home Woo! all right so trivia this week was provided by bridget from maryland um, here we go. Season one, episode three, healthcare. At the beginning of the episode, when Jim is at the reception desk, what show is Jim talking to Pam about? The Apprentice. It is not. Oh. oh. Survivor. It is not. Uh, one deal more guess. Deal or no deal. Trading spouses. <laughs> wow. Season one, episode <laughs> three. They're talking about trading spouses. <laughs> wow. Uh, season four, episode 11, Night Out. What is the name of the first nightclub Michael and Dwight go to in order to find Ryan in New York City? It's called Prerogative. It is called Prerogative. Nice. nice. All right. Season seven, episode 16, PDA. Where did Andy meet his new girlfriend, Rachel? Uh, it was at a party that Daryl invited them to. Yeah, Daryl's cousin's party. They were the only white people there. all right season three episode 19 safety training who wins amount slash for what um from kelly describing how netflix works does that make does that question make sense who who, who wins. wins yeah who wins and then uh Oh, okay. I think I get it. So yeah. okay. Ryan wins because oh yeah, 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 it lasts a certain amount of time. Yeah, and they all put down money as the right, right. season. They, yeah, they, they keep yeah. walking over and just plopping down cash. And then Kevin Kelly. says, additionally, I think she says, Jim, you win twenty because she mentioned six romantic comedies or something. Yeah, like so that. so here it is. Here it is. Ryan yeah, yeah, wins yeah. because she talked for two minutes and forty two seconds. Pam wins $10 because Kelly said awesome 12 times. Mm. And Jim wins $5 because Kelly mentioned six romantic comedies. Okay, cool. (laughs) Season six, episode four, Niagara part one. What is the order shown of vomit after Dwight eats a hard boiled egg? Oh, I think we did this one before. I think we've done this one before. Pam is first because she's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then who can't handle Oh, it's Andy. Yeah. It's Andy. yeah okay. Yeah. All right. And then right. Meredith. Uh, then we've got Aaron. Yes. Then uh, Meredith or Phyllis. Phyllis. Yes. Then Meredith. Then Meredith. Okay. Uh huh. You got three more. Oh, three more. I Gosh. Think Creed. Oscar pukes. No. O- Oscar. Eating, we actually Creed get, is eating ramen. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, we actually get Oscar. We get Aaron again, and finally <sighs> Angela. Okay. Aaron goes okay. twice. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Season five, episode 15, Stress Relief, part two. Dwight gives two possible reasons why Michael is not at work after the roast. What are they? Oh, he's uh, deeply depressed? Yes. I don't know. Oh, no, he's been, he was, he got impaled by an icicle. <laughs> yes. An icicle. <laughs> oh, he's looking. Michael. He's <laughs> looking. 
Straight up. Look at them from the side instead of directly <laughs> underneath them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Season eight, episode three, the lotto. How much did the warehouse win when they won the lottery? It was like a million dollars. It was like just under a million, right? That's right. Nine hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. Okay. Season three, episode twenty, the watermark. What is the headline Michael gives in the conference room meeting? The long one. <laughs> Scranton area business, Dunder Mifflin, apologizes to valued customers. Some companies still know how business is done. You basically got that exactly right. <laughs> Scranton area paper company, Dunder Mifflin, apologizes to valued client. Client. Some period. Some companies Period. still know how business yeah. is done. All right, seven, season seven, episode three, Andy's play. What is the name of the building where Andy is performing in Sweeney Todd? Oh, because uh, we have the done loose this. Screw. Loose screw yeah, we've done that one before. <laughs> yeah, All right, yeah, that one I remember. All right, um, let's see. Uh, th there's uh, <laughs> quite a few questions left. I'm going to skip to the last few. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, season two, episode six, email surveillance. What did the two magnets stick slash stickers on the file cabinet next to Dwight's desk say? Froggy 101. Yes. Uh... It's a, I'll give you a hint that it's a Dunder Mifflin sticker. Oh. But it says something. I don't know. Like... Company Picnic 2006 or something it like says, that. It says tools of the trade, Dunder Mifflin. Mm. Endless, um, limitless paper in a paperless world. <laughs> Season 7, Episode 5, The Sting. What is the name of the businessman and company that Jim and Dwight need Michael's help with? Well, it's Steve Nash. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and, and I have asked this before, and the answer yeah. is Frames Select. Nice work. Nice work. All right. Finally, uh, season six, episode four, Niagara part one. What is the fact about Isabel that Dwight quotes to Michael at the rehearsal dinner? He, um, it, in night in like her volleyball team. So he is, yeah, he's talking about oh. Isabel. Yeah. Her volleyball team went 10 and two in like 1996. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Wow. That's really good. 1996, her Jesus 10th grade Christ. volleyball team <laughs> went 10 and two. I can't, believe got, I can't believe you got all that those details right. That is crazy. Wow. Me, me neither. Uh, Bridget, uh, Dude, that's a uh, that's weird. strong that's a in the fair, new year, okay. bro. Incredible. I, I don't know, Bridget, Brigitte. Uh, it is uh, fantastic trivia. Um, thank you very much. I can't believe Edwin got so many of those, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got some. Hey, man. We have a lot of practice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all right. Yeah, Alex, you did good, too. Thank you. Um, I did great. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, I will say, a lot of times it's like, like Alex will say something, and that helps me remember something else. You true, know? true. Like, that happens mm. all the time. An, an assist. Nice. Yeah. All right, well, I am if you the have... assistant trivia like Steve manager. Nash. Assistant to the trivia manager. <laughs> yeah, Steve Nash, yeah. <laughs> if you have trivia that you would like to try and stump us with, email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. You can shoot us some trivia. You can shoot us questions or comments. We have um, a nice little surplus of trivia built up. It's, it's great. For oh, sure. Wow. But but uh, but do not let that. We're, we're running out, I would say. Let's uh, keep it coming, please. <laughs> um, don't be don't be uh, don't be afraid to do repeat questions from pa from the past. We want to make sure that we know this stuff anyway. So and we get them wrong a lot of times. We too. still get them wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> call us and leave us a message. Five zero three six nine four nine three one four. We'd love to play on the show. 
Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. And you can support the show on patreon.com slash Michael Scott. You can become a Scott's Tot for five bucks a month. Uh, We do an extra mailbag episode every month for those guys. Um, Every now and then a little bonus. And we all uh, donate together to the Third Good Marshall College Fund. Um, But it's a great way to just, you know, if you like the show, support us on there it helps us buy new microphones and host the website and all those other things um so well, we, to, we haven't gotten the new mics yet uh, we haven't gotten the new mics yet it does so. cover the cost of the show in many ways not yeah, it's it not helps, just for us to us buy new lot. microphones yeah. sure and, sure uh, but of course just, we donate <laughs> we donate half of it as well <laughs> yeah um uh, special thanks to all our uh supporters on patreon and to ryan lloyd who helps us with our social media and designs our artwork this was recorded in portland oregon over video chat Thank you, as always, uh, for listening. We're rapidly approaching our two-year anniversary, which is Whoa. pretty crazy to think about. Crazy. Um, and we wouldn't be doing that, or we wouldn't be here without all you guys listening and hanging out and supporting us. So Correct. we truly appreciate it. I know we say it every week, but uh, but it's easy when you mean it. So um, anyway, thank you. Take care. Stay safe. And we'll see you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the salad. Yes, yes, sir. I came to rap, you know, do my thing. Sabi put me on the gram, you know, remix thing. Pull tight, Wiley with the Pacino flow. Godfather part two, call me De Niro. I came to win, battle me, that's a sin. Disrespect, man, get a slap on the chin. Man a king in a top ball, Larry. Man a big DJ, Hawks, Megan and Harry. Bossy, man a bossy. I make your girl melt like a toasty. I'll be this way someday. And I write for myself, no go.